0: We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom, what does it mean to depend on God? Do you depend on God? Let's discuss this after prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, Lord. We want your word to go forth to a dark and dying generation, so that they can see that your light and the love of Messiah would deeply be within them. Father, we pray, O oh Lord that this program would bring people closer to you, closer to the heart of Messiah. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, and worship you, and give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, I pray that uh, this radio program uh, blesses you, and look, if you feel blessed by it on a regular basis, would love for you to pray for us and also Uh, Give uh, either a a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. For that, if you would call Karen at 813-831-5673 or check our website, heartofmessiah.org, we'd appreciate anything you do. Also, you can find my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube and on our website. And Our services are on uh, Friday night and Saturday morning. and Tuesday evening, as well for prayer at 6.30, we broadcast on Facebook Live. We'd love for you to bring your pre-believing Jewish friends to our congregation. So check out our various congregations in St. T- Pete, Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and then also our Spanish-speaking congregation, Connexion. You can check all of these out on our website. and. So uh, the past few weeks, I've wanted to uh, go back to what we call the parasha. The parasha is that portion or that reading we do every weekend, <clears throat> and so I'm seeking to take the the uh, ideas and the thoughts and the things that God puts on my heart. From the parasha. Now this, a few weeks ago, the parasha was called Shalach Lecha, which means to send for yourselves, and it's talking about the spies, and uh, comes from Torah, uh, the portion numbers 13, 1 through 15, and the Haftorah portion, Joshua 2, 1 to 24, and the New Covenant, Matthew 10, 1 through 14. So in this week's parsha, we're going to start out with Numbers 13, verse 25. They returned from investigating the land after 40 days. They gave their report to them and the entire assembly. They showed the, the land's fruit. They gave their account to him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. This is some of its fruit. Except... The people living in the land are powerful, and cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the sons of Amek there. And Amalek is living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites are living in the mountains, and the Canaanites are living near the sea along the bank of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should definitely go up and capture the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we cannot attack these people because they're stronger than we. They spread among Yisrael, They spread among B'nai Yisrael a bad report about the land they had explored, saying the land through which we have passed to explore devours its residents. All the people who saw there are men of great size. We also saw there the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes as well as theirs. And finally, the last couple of verses in Numbers fourteen one through 4. All through that night, the entire community raised up their voices. They wept. All B'nai Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole community said, If we had died in Egypt, if only we had died in the wilderness— Why is Adonai bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? They said to each other, let's choose a leader and let's go back to Egypt. So this is a portion of the portion (laughs) that I would like to, and, and what stood out to me were two things. One had to be the fact that you wonder what would it have been like at that time? if Israel depended on God. And so I want to talk about dependence. But I also want to talk about grumbling. Now, I'll I'll say this. They wouldn't have grumbled if they were dependent on God. They wouldn't have worried. They wouldn't have gotten angry. They would have had assurance, not fear. But what does it mean to be dependent on God? Well, I believe that trust and faith are the pillars of dependence on God. Sometimes we have no choice but to, to, to depend on God. You know, for instance, like our breathing, <laughs> that's how we live. We depend on God for our breath. Sometimes we have a choice, and we pray and put it in God's hands, like our health. If our health gets bad, we pray, say, Lord, heal us. That's our choice, right, to depend on God. Other times, we have a choice, but choose not to involve God. For instance, in our daily decisions, our dealing with emotions like anger or grumbling, God wanted the Israelites, his people, to depend on him for everything. And to not do that was a sin. And the sin of not depending on God had severe punishment, which we'll see later. Dependence on God develops obedience. That's one of the thoughts that I have. Think about it. Dependence on God develops obedience. If you depend on someone else financially, won't you follow their instructions? Yeah. If you say you depend on God for all things, won't you follow his instructions? Well, let's see. Let's talk about grumbling first. Grumbling and complaining is something we seem to do so easily and naturally. I complain about the government. I complain about bureaucracy. I complain about so much. Here's a challenge for the week. Listen to yourself, every word that you speak, and keep track of each time you complain. See how often you complain in one day. Or one week, but I think one day probably will be enough. How many of you think it's okay to complain? You might think it's okay. How many of you think it is okay to grumble? Well, I would imagine that nobody thinks it's okay to grumble, but some people think it's okay to complain. Aren't they the same? Well, I don't know. I think that one word uh, is more offensive. Do you know which word that is? Even the dictionary says complain is express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. And grumble is to complain about something in a bad-tempered way. So obviously, the dictionary feels that grumbling is way worse than complaining. I'm here to tell you they are the same. (laughs) James 5, nine. do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the doors. And you know, we don't want to be judged. So this would be a great day to listen to yourself and say, am I grumbling? Am I complaining? Philippians 2.14-16, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you might be blameless and innocent, children of God, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among them you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that I may boast in the day of boast in the day of Messiah that I did not run or labor in vain. Look, grumbling is what the crooked and the twisted generation do. We are the light. So we shine as light. We're not to grumble. We're not to complain. So first, you have to know that God does not want you to complain or grumble. Because I believe it's a sin. You're not sure about that? James 4.17, I always go to that scripture. Therefore, whoever knows the right thing to do and does not do it for him, it is sin. So, what are the problems of grumbling and complaining? Well, number one, it emphasizes your discontent, your sadness, and really your thoughts, your words, it all has power, and it, it, it makes you feel worse. <laughs> Secondly, it affects others to feel the way you feel, and you cause others to sin. Third, it usually leads to division. And you know how much the Lord wants unity. And fourth, grumbling stops you from following all God's commandments about having joy and thankfulness and being and rejoicing in him. If you agree, have you ever asked God to stop you from complaining or grumbling? When I wrote that, I had to look at myself and say, have I? And I don't think I had. But I don't want to grumble and I don't want to complain. I better ask God, right? Okay. What does it mean to be dependent on God in this area? Well, as I said, first of all, ask God to take away my habit of grumbling by transforming my mind and help with stopping. Stopping the grumbling before it even gets started. Now, when I started thinking about grumbling, I realized that sometimes I even grumble to God instead of praying. Now, since this is an example of me, I don't really grumble. I occasionally offer God a healthy complaint. <laughs> oh my, it's grumbling. <laughs> For years and years, I've been asking the Lord why I have been ineffective in sharing my faith with people I meet randomly during the day. I believe that God said to me that my dependence has not developed obedience in some areas of my life. God showed me that I am usually on task during the day, and very few things take me off task, including sharing my faith. Part of it is that I feel I won't have time, and to stop and to talk with somebody, you know, it'll cause me to be late. And in fact, time is my issue. As I talk to God about this, it seemed clear that I can change how I function and say to myself that it is okay to be late. Or not be on time with whatever project I'm working on. But you know what? That's not realistic for me. That I, I, Time is too important. You know, time is so important that if I'm late somewhere, I actually start physically shaking. Yeah, I know. Okay, what can I say? But the solution I feel that God presented to me was very simple. As I started to depend on God and ask him for a solution... He, and this will sound extremely simple. He said, just take your tasks and increase the amount of time that you're allowing for them. So here's an example. I walk for an hour a day, and in that hour, I pray. That's my prayer time. And I truly want to be able to talk with people about my faith when I'm on my walk Because, uh, you know, I'd love to do that, uh, but I don't really stop and talk with them because I have an hour for prayer. (laughs) But if I'm going to depend on God, I'll allow an hour and 15 minutes or more for my walk and expect that God will either give me more to pray about or there will be someone that I should expect to be talking to about my faith. In fact, I'm going to ask God Lord, I'm depending on you. Send somebody for me to talk to about you. Since I will not allow more time, I have to also expect that God will send people my way. This is part of my dependency, right? If I can be disobedient, you know, I might be disobedient instead, right? Instead of trying to depend on God, I could come up with some lame excuse. And my lame excuse usually is, I don't have more time. However, if I believe that God has given me time and I should give him the first fruits of everything he's given me, then obviously I have no choice but to figure out how to solve this problem. And I really believe that God has given me that that wisdom. Now, maybe God hasn't told you this, or maybe it's not your issue, and and you're not feeling guilty. However, God is speaking to you about something, and you know something is the right thing to do, and you don't do it, that is sin. If God has given you something about your life or behavior that you need to investigate, after looking at the issue, you find that there are many godly reasons to accomplish this, yet you find a reason to not do it would you call this disobedience yes and of course and in order to get over that disobedience you have to depend on god you might be scared or concerned about failure but this is where if you know it from god your dependency on him has to kick in and you must follow god rather than your own emotions so in this parsha god forgives the israelites but you know what he still judges them and i think he does the same thing for us he wants us to learn from our sin and think of ways not to repeat them he doesn't want us to go around in the desert for 40 years are you willing to seek dependence on god that develops obedience will you address your grumbling and complaining Are you dependent on God? Well, let me ask you, how often during the day do you call on God to hear his voice before you give your opinion to somebody? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How often during the day do you call on God in order to not grumble or complain or to be negative or a lot of other things? What would you do differently if you depended on God solely all the time? Is this the right time to ask you if God is number one in your life? Oh, Lord. It's, it's, it's fun, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 10, 9 through 11. And let's not test the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. And let's not grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroying angel. Now, these things happened to them as an example, and it was written down as a warning to us. Warning, warning, warning. This is a warning. Stop grumbling. <laughs> Look, worry often causes grumbling. Fear often causes worry. Being dependent on God takes care of the worry, the grumbling, the fear, all of it. And we can tell how much we depend on God as to how negative we are with all our concerns and complaints and our fears and so on. So two questions come to mind. The first question that I have is, how do you become more dependent on God? Well, number one I think it's important that we count our blessings, because they're from God. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. So why don't you try that out? In everything. Okay, let's define the word everything. Does everything mean everything to you? (laughs) Well, if it's everything, how many times a day... Would you have to give thanks if you do it in everything? You'd be repeating yourself all the time, right? Okay, I went to the store. I got my food in everything. Give thanks. I saw my wife in everything. Give thanks. I went to the office and everything gives thanks. I saw the people I work with and they said this to me and everything. Give thanks. Gets tiring, doesn't it? (laughs) But God is telling us in everything. Give thanks. Try it. Try it. Oh, my goodness. Try it. Secondly, we become more dependent on God when we transform our thinking. You know, in Psalm 42, 6, it says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you murmuring within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him for the salvation of his presence. So, on one hand... The writer is saying, wow, I am really out of it. I am down. I am murmuring, which is sort of grumbling. Uh, Now, what should I do? Silly me. Hope in God, for I will yet praise him for the salvation of his presence. Wow, the salvation of his presence. Just, oh, Lord, yes. So compare your thoughts to God's in this scripture. You know, so we need to pray Scripture. I've talked plenty about that. We also should focus on overcoming our emotions with God's Word. You know, there's a great quote from um, uh, uh, Oswald Chambers. He wrote this devotional called My Upmost for His Highest, and he says, If you are not living in touch with God, it is easy to blame Him or pass judgment on Him. You must go through the trial, the very thing that causes you to complain, before you have any right to pronounce a verdict, because by going through the trial, you learn to know God better. God is working in us to reach his highest goals until his purpose and our purpose become one. Oh my goodness. That's a good word, isn't it? lot to think about here. And you know what? In order to think about more concerning dependency on God, you're going to have to come back next week because I have a lot more. This is only part one of either two or three parts. So definitely come back. Would you please? Oh, I have a great quote to give you next week by Rabbi Jason Sobel. Oh, you'll love it. any rate, I pray that This radio program is ministered to you. I pray you'll consider helping to support it physically, meaning financially, because we could really use the help. I pray you'd call Karen at 813-831-5673 or go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. Also, you can find my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube and our website. Our services on Friday night and Saturday morning are all on Facebook Live and our website. Uh, Well, the messages are on on the Sharesh David website. And Tuesday night, we have prayer meetings also on Facebook Live at 6.30 p.m. So join us. It's great to pray and develop an army of prayer, right? And uh, come visit us as well. Well, join me as we close in prayer. Lord, you have said in the Book of Micah, to practice justice, love, mercy, and kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Lord, I pray that we could walk humbly with you this day and every day, that the words that I have spoken, which I believe are your words, let them pierce our hearts so that we can learn to make you, Lord, our first priority, and that we would grow in our desire to have a heart, like the heart of the Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.